how do you make time for side projects? Which ones do you decide to pursue and which ones do you decide to leave on the table? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. Welcome back to another episode of the Command Z Show. Shelby, how are you doing? I am doing great. Um, it's Tuesday and it's almost Christmas. So we're doing all it's right. It's true. It's true. We have how many days? 13 days. Um, our team is taking that final week of the year off. I'm excited. I'm pretty sure this is the first time that we're ever doing this. I think we may have tried last year. Yeah, we yeah. kind of did last year, but it was weird. Yep. And if you can hear in the background, um, my three-year-old is not super excited about Christmas right now at the moment. <laughs> so. He uh, kind of is, though. He wants to play with his train, and we took it from him because it's extremely loud, and I can't record when there's a train beeping away. You need like stuff. a soundproof room. That's what you need. Like a little cell. Yeah. I do need that. That would be ideal. Hmm. I really always wanted like uh the whole like shed quarters thing, right? Yeah. Where it's like a separate space in the backyard. Yep. Um But I haven't I haven't pulled the trigger on that one just yet. Cause I'm like, you know what? If I'm gonna like walk outside in the snow and when it's cold. Like I'm not doing that. Let's all be honest here. Like I'm just going to stay inside. That connects to the shed, like a little like underground, a little, like a underground little, tunnel. Yeah, like you can crawl through. <laughs> <laughs> See, and then the kids would go in there, and then they would destroy it. That would be their space. It would be like a little treehouse. Pretty shortly after, you need like a lock. I don't on know how there. this goes? Like a really, really like secure lock, like like fingerprints and everything. Yeah, and the eye. <laughs> I think that'd be great. Actually, you could do it. You've coded before. You could do it. How different Some is it mission, from a website? Mission Impossible stuff. Right, right, right. <laughs> Same thing. Same thing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, uh, so we uh, we have some things to talk about today. Yes, big things. As usual, uh, somehow or another, we still haven't stopped talking about things. It seems like there's more things that need to be talked about. I don't know. The world keeps turning. We have more things. It's true. Um, and our topic today is, and I'm a little biased here, but a good one. <laughs> <laughs> um, Shelby, I have a question for you yeah. today. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. What's that question? All right. It's a two-parter. Um, one is... Uh, how do you decide, well, let me say this, how, how do you make time for side projects? And the second part of that question is, which ones do you decide to pursue and which ones do you decide, decide to leave on the table or in a notebook or something or whatever? I'm going to stop talking now. Go. I know that's going to be a hard thing to edit into the beginning question <laughs> sequence there, Matt. Damn it. Sorry. <laughs> um. I think this is a great question, and this is something 
I mean, pretty much all of my free time, the moment I clock out of work is spent working on personal projects, um, something that I feel really passionate about. So one of the things for me with finding time is I've really set my priorities, I guess, um, and I follow pretty rigid schedules. So I'll kind of take like a little hour break between like, okay, get off work, little hour break, eat, you know, do what I need to do. And then I go work for three to four hours. And I like to stick to that schedule. I mean, at least, you know, three to four nights a week. Um, And it helps me a lot, I think, too, um, to be able to kind of process and think about things. And I kind of count any sort of work where whether I'm doing research, reading, you know, watching something that is influencing whatever I'm doing. I think the research is part of that process. So it's a little lenient. Um, But I've just really made myself stick to a pretty regimented schedule that I have found works for me. Um, And obviously, it's going to be different for everyone, especially, I mean, I don't have kids. So that's going to be a little different to somebody that maybe has a full family like Matt and his Mm three-year-old crying in the background (laughs) about a train. So a little bit of a different a different schedule and a different lifestyle, but that's just kind of how I've prioritized my time. Right. So. I remember those days. I remember those days before kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's it's funny that you like you bring that up because, um, I think early on I was I was very similar where it was like all right come home, uh, after working like take like an hour or something get dinner. Uh, and then just begin with the process of making something. And yeah, like you said, it's not always like go hardcore into making a film every night or anything like that, but it's like taking, taking little steps. And um, uh, there's, there's something that always stuck with me about that time. I think that was actually a, a habit that I developed when I was in college though, yeah. was like when I'm not making stuff, I just, I don't know. I just, I felt better whenever I was, taking steps to making something rather than just sitting down doing nothing. Now, listen, I love my time doing nothing and watching the office and playing call of duty. I love those things. Right. But it's a, it's a balance, right? Um, If you get stuck doing stuck consuming, then I don't know. You can't consume all the time. You have to be some amount of, some amount of output needs to be happening as well. Right. So yeah, yeah. So for me, I, I relate to those things. But whenever I had kids, that that was kind of the tough transition of like, okay, I have other responsibilities now. Mm-hmm. I don't think anyone's ever like perfect on how they get through that. Yeah. Um. But what I'll say is, it, it kind of takes support of everybody in a family to be able to do that and everybody to understand that those things are still important sometimes Mm -hmm. now me myself at the age of 36 now i just i don't want to work on stuff late at night anymore i just it's too exhausting and i also find a way to get my personal projects involved with our made by things stuff (laughs) so it's a little bit different i guess now (laughs) yeah um but it's it's definitely one of those things though that like you don't I don't know you start to just identify those opportunities and um 
don't know, it's easier to just take them when you're used to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like people always will come up to me and they're like, oh, you know, like I always want to start my own business. Like, how'd you do it? Or like, hey, I wanted to pick your brain. I want to do this thing. I'm like, yeah, it's hard. Um, And I think that's probably the hardest part about it is like when your time is yours, what do you, how do you still do your side projects in this whole thing? Um, So passing it back over to you. Um, that's kind of your process in kind of finding the time for side projects. But now how do you decide which, which ones to take and which ones to leave? I'm bad at this. I follow pretty much every creative impulse that I have. Um, (laughs) I'm just like, I want to do this now and I will just do that now. And, um, not all the projects get finished. And I don't always feel the best about projects during that time. And I leave them for a while and I go work on something else. Um, The work always, the work that I feel the best about always gets finished. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's something like, especially because I'm a writer, you know, I'll start outlining a script and I'll get halfway through the outline and I'm like, "Mm," you know, maybe I'm not feeling like actively participating within this story right now. And it's something that I need to work on later and I'll work on something else. Um, but that's something that's always really worked well for me because it does keep a little bit of a distraction from certain stories. Um, especially if I'm writing something a bit heavier in some areas, I can go work on something that's a little lighter then go back to the heavy stuff and kind of go back and forth between things. Um, so I don't have a good answer because I just follow everything until I figure out if it's serving me or not. Um, I have a little checklist. I wrote down checklist. Does it make me a better artist? Number one. So if I'm studying something, I want to go forward with this. Is it making me a better artist or is it bringing me kind of my staying in the same place? Because I never want to be in the same place. I want to keep moving constantly. Right. Number two, does it serve me now or maybe I should wait to work on it? So like, for instance, writing something very heavy. Is that okay for me to be working on right now for my own mental health? Um, I think that's really important to think about. Is it serving me now and where I want to be in a year? Um, And maybe it's a story that I need to shelve for five years after I've become a better writer. Um, That's something too, where it's like, maybe this story is too big for me in this moment. And I need to be able to write some other scripts until I'm able to build myself up to that story. And then three, does it make me happy to be working on it? I mean, nobody wants to be miserable while they're working on a personal project. So like, if you're not happy working on it, don't work on it. Nobody's putting a gun to your head saying you have to do this. I mean, it's okay to say, yeah, you know what? This isn't, this isn't working for me right now and I need to move away from it. That is, that is completely okay. I love that. I love that you have a little, little list here. Um, I would say the biggest one that I disagree with on your mm-hmm. list we don't disagree much here on the Command Z show, but when we do, <laughs> um, too big for the moment. Mm. I completely disagree. I feel like that's those are the best side projects to take on are the ones that are just that you feel like you're not good enough for or the mm. ones that are just beyond your skill set. Because ultimately, I think that's that's one of the most important things of about side projects is that it, it pushes you to grow. Yeah. Um, now, that being said, I'm, I'm not going to say like, there's absolutely no truth to that, right? Because like, if something requires you to 
have a team of people to be able to produce. Now you're talking about finances and stuff like that. It's not something you can just do, right? So it might be something that you have to kind of hold off on for a little bit. And oftentimes a lot of it for me is like connections. So I might not be ready to write this piece right now. So say I'm writing a a biopic, right? And which is something I've wanted to do. And I need certain connections. I need to be able to meet certain people. I don't have the tools right now to write this. I need to write some other scripts. I need to work up to be able to write this thing because I need to be able to have my name a little bit more established to be able to get into the door, to be able to meet certain people, to have those conversations, to be able to sit down, do a little bit of journalism, you know, do some more research. And it's just not, maybe it's something that can happen five years from now. Right. I I guess what I'm saying though is it's tough to have a personal project when you're kind of seeking permission from somebody else to be able to do it. Right. So again, there, there are circumstances and I get it, but ultimately that's, I guess we're not necessarily talking about personal projects. We're talking about side projects, but to me, they're kind of one and the same usually. Um, But it's just that idea where it's like, okay, if you want to make something, I don't know, you kind of have to just find a way to be able to make it. Like, how do you go around the people that you might need to ask permission of to do this, right? Uh, And Shelby, you know this already. Like, you know, you're like, oh, you know what? In order to be able to do this, I'm going to need some money. So you run Kickstarters for most of your films that you do. Which is a little um, bit like asking permission. Kind of, in a way. But I mean, I'm still going to make it no matter what but it's easier if I have a little bit of money. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess that's the thing though, is that um, I, I think that, that's what I really respect about how you go about your, your side projects is that you very much find a way. Um, it's really easy to get bogged down by somebody else telling you no. You know, people, that's a, this, this cliche thing. Like, don't listen to the people that tell you no. But what nobody tells you is that nobody is physically telling you no, right? It's just pe- people will get in your way in some way or another. Yep. Um, like they might, they're not saying no, but they're saying, well, you're going to need $5,000 to be able to do this. Yep. Um, and some people will consider that a no. Um, and that's fine. But I guess that's, that's what I, I don't know. It, it's really just, again, just not seeking permission as much as possible to be able to do those those side projects mm-hmm. um now i don't have a, a list necessarily mine's very scattered it's it's very feel based <laughs> um which is weird because i feel like i would have a list <laughs> i feel like i should have a list <laughs> yeah you're a virgo <laughs> come on matt <laughs> there it is <laughs> um i think for me a lot of it comes down to it's it's trying to get clarity of can I even take anything else on? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I hear a lot from people, and maybe I'm tooting my own horn here a little bit, but people will say like, I don't know how you do all these different things. Yeah, like that's, a, that's, that's the number one question I always get to. Right. And it's like, you know, you're not trying to do all of them at the same time. Um, but if you can focus on one thing at a time, you, you'd be surprised what people can really do. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't me saying, well, you just need to hustle more. It's just saying, 
prioritize and give things the proper attention. If you have five different ideas and you think they're all amazing, you probably could prioritize those things a bit more yeah. uh, or potentially even delegate some of those things. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'll talk about that in a little bit, but um, getting back to just my general process, I didn't start getting that clarity until I started writing. Mm. And, you know, I say that I've been writing every day for, uh, it's gotta be like seven years, six or seven years now. I don't know specifically. Um, but I think it actually started well before that. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe it wasn't every day, but I just noticed even like right after I graduated college, so this would have been 2008, 2009, that every time I wrote things down, I just felt way better. Yep. I was like, okay, it's it's not just making to-do lists, but it's like just using the paper as a way to help me think and process. And we've talked about it many times on this show that uh, Matt's brain doesn't have processing power. <laughs> no, <laughs> it does. It just doesn't talk out loud. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so for me, it was it was just really important important to be able to find that tool. That it's it's not even something that I recommend to everybody because it just really depends. Like for some people, I think it actually is wasting time to write things down, depending on how they process things in their own head. Um, but for me, it is. It has just helped me so greatly. And so my general process. Um, yeah, we might as well go into it here. Mm-hmm. So I have this pen right here. I've talked about this before probably, but. Yeah. Um, Describe the pen for the audio listeners. Uh, this pen is multicolored, four colors, red, black, green, and blue. Uh, I get these pens from France because they are the only fine tipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> pens That's that are pen. multicolored yeah um yeah it's crazy the, the hoops that i jumped through <laughs> to be able to get these <laughs> pens specifically um but for me it's a, a lot of again this doesn't have anything to do necessarily directly with side projects but just stick with me for a moment here um so black is my most used color i run out of black first on all the pens Mm-hmm. And anything that's black it, are things that I'm thinking about at that moment. Mm. Um, a lot of times it's based on made by things. It's based on personal projects. I occasionally do write about like personally, like things are happening in my life occasionally, not very often though. Mm-hmm. Um, as Megan would say, this, don't forget your diary. And she calls it my diary. It's, it's not a diary. I'm gonna be sending it's a journal now every night. Don't forget to make <laughs> yeah. your diary. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, that's black. Now, green. I think is one of the most important colors, but it's one that I probably use the least. Hmm. Is what am I feeling that day? Trying to separate thinking and feeling has always been a challenge for me. Hmm. I think it's a challenge for probably most people. As I don't know, maybe. Um, just one of the little, I think this is why writing helps me so much. Cause it's like, again, I don't say in my head, Oh, I'm feeling very worried right now. I don't say those things. I just feel, I just feel worried. Right. Yep. So for me, it became really important to be able to identify feelings and write them down and then be able to 
process them, I yeah. guess, a bit better. Um, blue is what happened that day. It's just a general, I don't know, a listing of the things that went on that day. So, like, today I'll put Command Z Show. We talked about side projects. And then in black under that, I'm already writing my notes, mm-hmm. like, from that. So it's it's very, like, work-related. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then the last color is red. Red is my to-do list. So for me, it's often trying to figure out where the connection point is between all of these things. If I'm feeling a certain way and I'm thinking a certain thing and based on this thing that happened, well, that sometimes just now turned into a to-do list item of like, oh, do this thing. Like I'm feeling like we're not doing well with marketing right now. Um, Then like I can start writing why, why do I think that? Mm -hmm. And then it turns into a to-do list item. So again, this is super weird talking about, but um, that's kind of how it works for me. Now, there are times often where I think of these just crazy ideas. Ideas would also be black. I don't necessarily feel like I need to run with every single idea. This is actually getting into um, a talk that I do occasionally called, um, what is it? The, the, the 10,000 distractions of a creative guy is the, the name of the talk that I give. So I'm getting into that a little bit. <laughs> Uh, and I will be giving that same one at Making Midwest uh, oh. in May. So I don't want to spoil too much for anybody. And where can they get tickets uh, at? If they want to hear more. Uh, you go to makingmidwest.com. There we go. <laughs> Not to be confused with creativelittlemonsters.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, which, by the way, you can get books uh, like today still. Uh, it's it's amazing. Still still open sites. There you go. Uh, and tickets for, for Making Midwest. Uh, are also on sale right now. And you know what? Those things, while it seems like a shameless plug here, is actually pretty relevant to kind of what I'm getting to right now. Yeah. Because those are very much side projects that we really have no business working on as as a team. But um, it's those ideas came to life because I would write in my journal about these things like, oh, I wish there was a way to like get people together more. Or like, I don't feel like I know enough people in this community. Let's start an event. Um, <clears throat> usually what I'll do is if I have an idea, I'll, I'll just write it out. Even if it's a crazy idea, like sock business with only left feet or something. Or that's not one, but <laughs> you can take it if you want. Okay. Yeah. Um, the, the example that I always use because it's still on my list and I'd still love to get to it someday would be uh, a food truck dedicated to just apples. And it's, it'd be called apple of my eye. And um, just every dish is just something with apples in it. So it's probably mostly like a dessert kind of thing. Um, Someone's going to steal that, Matt. I, that's fine. I, <laughs> if you get to it before I do, you deserve it. Um, just give me some apples and I'll be all right. Um, anyway, I won't go too much more into it. So st- steal that idea if you want. But there's more. Okay. There's more to the idea. Um. But anyway, it, it's things like that where I kind of let myself just sort of explore mm-hmm. on a day-to-day basis and not call myself crazy for any of the ideas that I have. Yeah. And what I like to do is when I do have an idea, I'll 
put a little box around it. If it's red, then it means do it. <laughs> if it's black, it just means keep thinking about it. Um, and I don't know. It's it's one of these things where there's something still like satisfying about writing ideas. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't like make them come true, writing them is still enough sometimes. Yeah. So it's kind of like these these phases of, for me anyway, it's how, do, how like when do you know that it's time to kind of continue with an idea? If I write that idea down in one sentence and I circle it and I'm still thinking about it days, weeks, maybe even months later, mm-hmm. um, at that point, I'll go in depth and create a whole plan for how this thing could work. I'll, it's, it's mostly, it could be a notion. It could just be in my book where I just write, but I'm like, all right, let's dedicate an entire page to this. If I was to proceed with this idea, how would it work? Yeah. No, I get to this stage with a lot of ideas. Um, a lot that I will never tell anyone about because it's whatever. Like it's, I don't plan on necessarily doing it. If people could see some of these ideas, they would think I'm so freaking crazy. Oh, no, same. Um, but it's, it's exciting still, right? Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of excitement in that. And it kind of just reminds me of being a kid again a bit, where it's mm-hmm. like, if nothing was impossible, <laughs> like, how would I do this? What are the things standing in my way? Who are the people that would say no to this? Um, and I don't know, it just so many uh, ideas get to that point still doesn't necessarily mean that those are good enough to proceed with. Yep. Um, but at that point for me, I'm always like, all right, let's start small. Like if I'm still thinking about this idea, I still think this is good. Like I'll usually write down like, okay, if I was to do this, what would be the starting point mm-hmm. to do this? Because I guess the thing for me is like, sorry, I really am talking a lot about this, but it's going somewhere. Trust it's me. Going, it's going. Um, I, I don't know. Like, so I love exploring the ideas. But ultimately, if I'm going to put it into this world, okay, what's it going to cost me? What is the minimum viable product for this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Whether it's a, a film, whether it's a, a children's book or a conference or a deck of cards game or a 3D printing business. Like mm-hmm. all of these things started off as just these weird, crazy ideas. And all of them took the steps of, okay, what's the simplest thing that I can do to feel good? Like I, like I put this thing out in the world. So, I mean, going back um, with creativelittlemonsters.com, it was, um, (laughs) it was the Kickstarter. It's like, okay, well, if that's the easiest way to make this thing exist, let's start there. Yeah. Like, yes, it's going to cost money to, to do these things, but. Was there a step before that that we probably could have taken? Maybe. Um, Like, we probably could have just put it on Amazon, just a print-on-demand kind of thing, which is available on (laughs) Amazon.com. Sorry, I'm done. Um, uh, But, like, it's that that thinking, though. Like, what's the simplest thing? If I'm being completely truthful, Creative Little Monsters is not just a book in my head. Mm -hmm. It is something much, much bigger. And so to me, I'm like, well, let's start small and let's keep building it as long as I feel like it needs to be built anyway. Mm-hmm. So um, 
so yeah, like at this moment, like it's, it's just a book. Um, and it has an AR component in it as well, where kids can read along while watching things animate on their screens. Um, but to me, I'm like this, uh, you know, I want this to be a show or something even bigger than that potentially. Mm-hmm. But again, just starting small for making Midwest. It was, um, for me, it was, Hey, let's just have an event at a little bar and let's see who shows up. And when that room started to become too full, it became a conference. Like I always wanted to be a conference from day one. It was just, let's take the steps and see if I can do this slowly. Um, for the card game, uh, for the game of creativity is what it is called. Um, same deal where I'm writing in my book. I, wrote little boxes together and like how ideas come together. Like what is a creative idea? And then those boxes turned into cards and those cards got printed as business cards mm-hmm. uh, initially. <laughs> and so like, it's, I don't know, I'm not going to go into all the details, but like it's that idea though, where I just like to start small. Yeah. And for me, it's it's really tough to know when it's time to stop. The curse that I have is I'm going to finish pretty much everything that I start. And that sounds great, except there's a lot of things you're going to waste your time with that you probably should have stopped. I'm the person that will read the entire book, even if it's just crap after the second chapter, (laughs) Uh, because I don't want to leave it unfinished. Like, that's me. Um, But yeah, so I I think that's just it's a it's a thing you got to be sort of careful with, I guess. I think this is really interesting because I think there's a certain amount. I like to finish everything that I'm passionate about. It's like, okay, I'm making a short. The moment I say, like, for me, the moment I declare I'm doing something publicly, it will be finished. Until I declare it to other people, it's mine. And I get to decide if it gets finished or not. That is 100% mine. So what what, things? Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say, at what point then do you decide it's time to tell people about this thing? So I tend to work really collaboratively. Um, I always have a first read. Um, She's also my cinematographer, which works out really well because if I'm writing a script, she can tell me if I'm an insane person and if we can actually do this, Um, which is helpful to be able to work with somebody like that. So when I'm writing, she's always kind of there. And then also anybody else that I'm really, really close with they're always there throughout the process. Um, I'll usually talk with them and be like, okay, how do you feel about these ideas? How do you feel about that and this? And if we're all kind of on a similar space, that's when it goes public. But mm-hmm. until then, it's it's mine. And I kind of hold that right to say, yeah, we're going to do this. No, we're not going to do this. Um, and it doesn't mean that it won't happen maybe in a few years when I go back to it. Maybe I feel more comfortable doing it then. Um, but I just kind of reserve that right to decide when I actually want to finish this piece or when I Mm -hmm. want other people to know about it. Um, I didn't follow all of that process when I did the new short film, um, because I wanted to experiment a little bit. And so making a short film, it's called The Entomologist's Wife. It's, um, it's about a woman who's being turned into a moth essentially after she dies. So kind of Frankenstein-y. It's very insect. It's 
bizarre and strange. Um, but that's the reason I didn't want to follow the process because it's bizarre and strange and not a lot of people right. are like working on something like like this in a live action <laughs> right. setting. It's usually something that's reserved for animation or something that's a little bit more fluid of a medium as opposed to live action. So I put together the Kickstarter. I had the story. I knew what I wanted to do with it. And I put together the Kickstarter and I'm like, okay, $1,500. If anybody's actually interested, let's, let's just see. And I made the goal in less than a week. I was like, oh, people do like this story. This is something that people would be interested in. And it got a lot bigger than I ever intended it to. I'm meeting with a composer later today. He's already been working on music for it. I mean, it's been, it's kind of blown up to a point where I wasn't really expecting it. I've had people from, you know, Ireland asking about it, being like, do you want to come on different shows and talk about things? And which is very weird for a short film to get that kind of attention. But I think it's just something where it's a bizarre enough idea that people have grabbed onto it. This has taught me a little bit about my process is should I be sharing things a little earlier? What's appropriate to be sh- like to be shared? And how do you gauge that interest? Because um, mm-hmm. something like that, I barely talk to anybody about it. I'm just like, I'm just going to do this. And this is what I want to work on right now. Um, and I'd like to turn it into an anthology. But I gauged all of that through just public interest and what they think of the short. Um, and it's not even out yet. So it is something where... I think the process is okay to be changed based on the actual project itself. Um, right. It's fluid. There, there's a lot of people out there that will say, just shut up about your ideas and just do it. Right. Or like, don't talk about it and until it's done or something like that. But I'm right there with you where it's kind of a strategy at times to, mm-hmm. I don't know, just figure out when, when is it time to announce a thing? Like, how much work do you need to get done beforehand? Now, I would never say, like, oh, you know, when you have an idea, just share it with the world. Like, maybe try to work it out a little bit. Yeah. At least a little bit. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's something really energizing about when you do announce an idea publicly. Mm-hmm. And for me, I'm like, that's, uh, yeah, once that happens, it's going to happen one way or another. It's It's going to because of. I've announced it and I'm not going to look stupid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I think just the timing of, of when that becomes public is, is important. I think oftentimes for me, when I go public with ideas or scripts, it's usually at the casting process. Um, that's about the time that I start to actually go public with things. Short film was different because it's puppets and stuff and it's a little different. Um, but a traditional feature, it's usually, okay, there's the idea, everybody, give it a couple of days, here's casting. We're doing announcements, so you have to have more of a public widespread um, search. I've been really, really lucky to be able to be in film communities where um, my stuff has been, you know, for the most part, well-received, and I have a good audience that's very willing to share and listen. Um, not everybody has that, but it takes up, it takes time to be able to build that audience though too so part of that though is you have to be willing to share a little bit so maybe that is something where you're bringing in the smaller projects and that's the that's the whole thing of is this serving me right now i need to do some smaller projects and then put them out there so i can build a following so i can make it to the bigger projects um so i think timing is 
It depends on how you want to think about it. If you want to think about personal projects of I'm just making this, I don't care if there's an audience, no big deal. Or if you want to think about it more as a business. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tend to think of my stuff more as a business. Interesting. The work never what, finishes. <laughs> right. What do you say to people that are afraid to share the idea because somebody might steal it? Um, that's a very real fear. Um, depending on what you're working on. So scripts, get them copywritten. I mean, copyright your scripts. It's very easy to do that. You can pretty much just send it to the union and they'll put a little stamp on there. You don't have to be in the union. Um, those things are, that's a very real fear. So don't send it to people that you don't trust. Um, but I think once you actually get into your creative process, I mean, I share everything when I'm working on a film, you know, it's like put up the Facebook page because for some reason, mm-hmm. film people are on Facebook. I don't know what's going on, but they're all <laughs> over there. Um, I put up the Facebook page and then I share a hundred percent of everything on there from the casting to photos on set to what the story is about. I don't share the script, but I do share general story ideas and kind of what our deck looks like and everything else. So that way people can follow along the process. And it's also really great for marketing. Um, but once you're at that point, it's a little difficult to just completely steal the idea. Um, and I think it obviously it depends on what you're working on, you know. I don't really like to share all of my story ideas with people because there is that fear that somebody might steal your idea. But it's also a thing where if you need to get funding and you need to find people and you need to be working with investors, sometimes you just have to take the risk and take the chance and hope that nobody thinks you're important enough to steal from. <laughs> right. Just important enough to give money to. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of it's a weird it's a weird balance. But I mean, right. you wouldn't expect Greta Gerwig to share all of her ideas on what she's doing with Narnia right now. So it's something <laughs> where you just have to be able to to find that balance with where you're at in your career and if your ideas are valuable enough to be stolen. Right. Um I guess that's where I kind of blend this line again of like a personal and side project. I think they're, they're supposed to be personal in a way. Um, I don't know if I've honestly ever worried about anyone stealing anything that I was doing. And I'm not entirely sure why. Maybe that's not super logical or rational. But I, I'm like, well, I have a ton of ideas. So <laughs> go ahead. Take that one. I'll do something else. Um, like the Apple thing, right? Like Apple thing. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I'm quite confident that nobody would, it wouldn't mean as much for somebody else to take that idea and do it, right? Everybody has ideas on, on what to do. But I, I guess my, my thinking is like there's a there's a reason why I'd want to do the Apple thing. Like there's a bigger story behind it and nobody else can have that. Uh, kind of gets us into AI a little bit. No. <laughs> that is so, that is something that I think about because and it's something like why I personally don't worry as much about AI for me as an artist, because I have a very strange voice. For like mm-hmm. my personal work, it's weird. <laughs> so it would be a hard thing for somebody or something to replicate where it would be oh you can tell that this is you know an idea that would have come from shelby's brain it's it's something where it's like okay i'm distinct enough in what i'm doing that it would be hard for somebody else to steal this idea and do it the exact same way that i would do it 
But it also comes into when I do have those smaller ideas and it's like, I want to follow this, but I think I could blend it in with another idea of something else I'm working on. So like, for instance, it's like, oh, I would love to make a musical one day. Could I blend it in with one of these other weird little stories that I'm working on? Could this be something a little bit bigger? Oh, I want to share this really, you know, one of the things too is that people get afraid to share like personal childhood stories. Um, How can you take maybe an experience that you had when you were a kid that you don't really feel comfortable telling the world is about you and put it into a different story about somebody that's not you at all? So I think there's something of hiding other ideas within other projects and weaving them together, which is why one of the reasons that I don't share everything, because you never know, it might be something that shows up in a project five years from now. Right. So to me, that's the definition of creativity right there. Mm-hmm. It's taking your own personal experiences. And when you start to blend them between other skill sets or other experiences, it becomes something new entirely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I love that. So, all right, let's get some final thoughts here. Yeah. Final thoughts, again, kind of getting back a little bit to side <laughs> project thing from the AI world that we were just in. <laughs> um, final thoughts advice on people looking to start their own side projects just do it i think that's the main thing just do it um no hesitation i think that's one of the main questions i get from people is how do you have time to do this how did you decide to do this i've always wanted to do this it's like then just do it prioritize the time and start working on whatever it is you want to work on. I mean, the number of questions I get about short films from people that say they've always wanted to make one, that there's nothing stopping you. You have a phone, right? Do you have Microsoft right. Word or a Google Doc? Can you write a story? You know, you have a phone you can shoot on. There's the technologies at your hands. You just have to be willing to really put in the effort and, you know, the drive to really do it. And you don't have to share it with anybody. It can be your first piece. But then that will teach you and you'll learn how to get better into the next project and to the next because you never stop learning. So I would just tell people, just go for it. There's nothing holding you back and you don't have to share it with anybody. Yeah. You know, continuing off of that, um, I think there's a real fear of proceeding with a side project for a lot of people. and. What I wish people would know is, and I don't, I don't have the answer. There's no elixir or anything like that that mm-hmm. removes fear unless we live in <laughs> Hogwarts. <laughs> um, but once you figure out a way past that fear of doing side projects, it's kind of addicting yeah. because you realize how much power you actually have over, you know, being able to make decisions and being able to make things come to life. Um, and I don't know, just once you finish that first one, so continuing off with what you said, Shelby, just do it. Like mm-hmm. what I would say is choose something kind of small at first, because once you get that confidence and once you see that you were able to do this thing on your own time outside of normal work hours or anything like yep. that, there's a confidence that you're going to get. That's going to make you somewhat unstoppable. Yeah. And that's, that's where some real growth happens. And I guess the other thing that I would add to that is you know, it's kind of this, this fear of failure, right? So let's say you have this big idea and you're like, no, 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 I'm not, not ready for it just yet. Um, 
I guess what I would say is challenge that thought that you are, are not ready for that because I don't know, even if you envision like the story that you have to be this Academy Academy award winning feature length Mm -hmm. film, you don't need to wait until you have those abilities. Um, You can make it a short story, like scale your idea to what is possible in that moment. Right. Um, but there's nobody that's going to stand in your way of once you do complete that short film, nobody's going to stand in your way of, okay, now that next step is to make it a feature length film potentially. Mm-hmm. Um, I say that because that's kind of what I hope to do one day based on a short film that we made a few years back. Like mm-hmm. that story isn't done. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not done with it. Um, I'm happy with the short film that we made, but there's more to that story to be told. And I'm, I can't wait to the day that I get a chance to tell the rest of it, I guess. Um, but I can also say that making that short film that I think it was six minutes long, somewhere around there, making that was all the fulfillment that I needed at that moment. And I'm still very fulfilled with that project. But again, I just, I still see opportunity in it. And um I don't know. So that's what, that's what I would say is like, you know, you have an idea for a billion dollar business. Great. Let's make it just a business that makes a hundred dollars a month first. Yeah. Like start small. And again, once you start to see that progress you're making, it's, it's hard to stop you at that point. And that's, mm-hmm. that's where people like Shelby exist. <laughs> I have um, no fear in anything. <laughs> I'll just go for it. <laughs> Next time on the Command Z Show, we're going to talk about the fears that Shelby has. <laughs> Just spiders. That's really about it. <laughs> Big spiders. Little spiders. All the spiders. <laughs> huh. You should do a film on spiders. Oh, I have so many scripts. Don't you worry, Matt. They're, they're coming. They are coming. <laughs> it works. I'm going to build them up. I'm going to build some legs. Oh, geez. Literal. Eight, eight of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's all the time we have here on the Command Z Show. Hope you all had a great time listening in on this. I'm going to flutter my way through this ending part here. Uh, I thank you again. And Shelby, uh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, You're welcome. Thank you again. (laughs) Okay, I'm leaving now. Uh, I love you. Bye. Nancy Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.